Hello, world. This is Jared Deal. Thank you for listening to the Louder Now podcast. Everybody, welcome to episode number seven. Can you believe it, Will? Seven. I'm in heaven. Seven Eleven. Will is definitely, I want to say, more awake than he was last week. <laughs> yeah, last week was. Uh, it's all good. I was exhausted. Hey, sometimes Monday feels like Friday. Depends on what kind of job you have, you know. Uh, it depends on. Uh, yeah, what kind of job you have? <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, let's not talk about it. Let's so, yeah. well, every uh, every week that we do this, I learn something, and part of the process is going back and listening to old episodes to prepare. And so, I was anyway. I spent a lot of time listening to old stuff today and then thinking about new stuff. So how are you, Will? How's how's life? What's 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 one positive thing that's been going on for you this past week? Um, you're kind of putting me on the spot. Let's see. Oh, okay. I don't know. Wait, the the guys were here. Friends. Oh yeah, that's a positive thing. Yeah. I had some friends from uh, Argentina visit, and and then uh, I shouldn't be uh, confessing this on the on the airwaves, but I definitely broke my diet last night. You should probably wait to tell us. Tell Casey just walked in here and shook his head at because that's the only thing you heard me say. So <laughs> you know what? I used to live in this room, so just kidding. Um. Anyway, yeah. so usually it takes us a little while to get going, and that's a little bit normal, which I'll probably fast forward that process. I will say that I ran two hours on Saturday. That's my humble brag for the week because I did, and there's nine more weeks before I do this marathon, which is June 2nd, so better start. How did your knees feel after that? You know what? I mean, I definitely felt sore. I mean, my knees actually feel fine, and I'm not getting... like The thing that's the most painful for me is getting cramps, actually. Like, in my... Usually when you run, you have, like, it's on your side, like, right where your ribs are. Or it's uh, getting really, like, tense in, like, a certain part of your shoulder. So, it's just... It's different for everybody, so... I was proud of myself. I ran almost 11 miles, and that's a little bit. Still got a long way to go, but um, it was fun. So, yeah, um, a couple other things before I jump in. I did this training on Saturday with NAMI, which is the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Kind of talked about that a little bit last episode. 
I did like a speaking thing with them a couple of weeks ago. Our last episode when we were talking about empathy, that's where that came from was that event. But I kind of got further trained in there. It's very similar to Courageous Minds, but NAMI kind of is a little bit bigger. Like they're like all over. So um, their program is called Ending the Silence, which is basically like going into schools and events and just telling a story about depression so it was really great it was in like downtown LA and I almost overslept because I'm really bad at getting up early it's just I could just blame it on my medicine which that's like part of it but <laughs> hey you know when you got you got to be up you got to be up so that's why I'm addicted to coffee I need coffee like right away when I wake up so um but it was really fun. I met some really great people, which usually always happens at these kinds of things. And um, shout out to Dylan, who who could be listening to this podcast right now because he said he was. And he's a musician. So we'll probably play his music on the show eventually. Um, but it was really great. And that's probably going to lead to me just getting more speaking events. Love that stuff. Working on some video things that's all a surprise still keeping that on the deal but um yeah I spent a lot of time kind of in bits and pieces working on that a lot of it's me re-watching stuff I say so <laughs> um watching yourself on camera I mean that's what you got to do when you're making a video um which I like being on camera so um so we've kind of tackled a lot of things on this show, and this is really just the beginning. We are just getting started. This is the seventh episode. Something I've kind of talked about in bits and pieces, though, from the beginning, and when I kind of write uh, descriptions for the show, when I like put this on Facebook, you know, I kind of say that, um, you know, my influence has been... Uh, very much Christian and Protestant and to be more specific charismatic uh, Pentecostal which is sort of a you know not everybody's familiar with that what that kind of means in a nutshell is maybe a higher emphasis on emotions experience and uh, passages like First Corinthians 12 with the gifts of the spirit or first Corinthians like 11, 12, 13, 14. And, um, no, dang it. 12, 13, 14. And, um, 12 years ago when I had my first breakdown, I definitely had a hard time immediately though. Looking back at it, I did what I think a lot of, Christians tend to do when, when, when depression or conflict kind of comes into our life, our first sort of instinct, I think besides wanting to get rid of pain, which I think that that's like a human thing. I don't think that that's necessarily because you're a Christian, but I, I think our first question that we ask is, um, what is the role of kind of evil and slash the devil and what we would call like what is there's this need for this phrase which is or this word which is deliverance like what 
part of what I'm experiencing is possibly if you're in the stage of trying to figure it out, which is where I was at, um, diagnosing sort of like the spiritual side of, of, of it. Like how much of this is, is could actually be biology, like chemical imbalance, serotonin levels being, you know, off. And how much of this is, you know, uh, how much of like science and medicine should, should I sort of trust? So as Will and I were preparing for this show, I was just saying that anyway, I want this show to be kind of tackling a couple of these things and the reason is because I think it's important really to discuss that we do live in a complicated world of um having lots of knowledge and science and all of that has obviously helped me and it's helped thousands or millions of people you know get help with medicine and in general I think the medical community tends to be um, possibly what's the word like skeptical or disregarding of spiritual influence I don't know. If I, well, not the com- medical community no, not or the scientific. No, 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 no. I mean, sorry. Let me be more specific. Someone like Freud in the early 1900s, when Freud started diving into what then came out of Freud and Freud's daughter, sort of succeeding him, sort of the development of psychotherapy. Freud was very anti, like Christian. Right? He was very anti the Bible. So. So first of all, it doesn't make any sense for me to say Freud and then everyone after him or people even before him all shared that same opinion. But there, I feel like there can be sort of just the misunderstanding on both both sides. I think science can tend to be anti or maybe more just extreme and not really consider, um, which kind of makes sense, right? Like sort of consider demonic uh evil or even the worldview of the Bible as, as an option of, um, Hey, I'm a doctor. I'm seeing this patient. Maybe this person is having these mental health symptoms, but maybe this is, uh, this is like spiritual forces of evil. I'm saying that in my experience of having seen tons of doctors, that doesn't really, that doesn't really like come up though unless I guess I'm seeing a Christian doctor. So I I don't know what I'm trying to say with that. Honestly. Um, I think my, the, the point is that I think we need both sides to kind of balance each other out. But one of the goals of this show is to sort of merge the influence of faith that I've had in my life with what I've learned about depression and anxiety. And, um, my goal or our goal, 
we are doing this together <laughs> louder now it's not just me um yeah it's all you baby okay well will is a little falsely humble sometimes so i i feel like um it's really important to really just kind of try to talk about both things that that the bible has influenced me um you know i came from a very strong believing the Bible, reading scripture as a kid. Uh, my mom and dad both sort of, you know, my dad grew up Catholic. My mom was, you know, not like going to church, but not really kind of thing. And, and they both sort of um, entered their faith in the era of what's called like the word of faith movement and, you know, lots of the healings and, 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 and prosperity gospel that sort of came out of that time. So was that like the the vineyard? Did well, I, yeah. I mean, I, you could say. I mean, the seventies was the seventies and the eighties. Like you know, John G. Lake and Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagen and like you know, sort of the there was a lot of good things that came out of that movement of um, a lot of healings and then some of it sort of turned into what we call the prosperity what we call the prosperity gospel, which is like, you know, if, if you want God to bless you, you know, it's all about your faith and, and it's all about like what you say. So like name and claim your blessing kind of thing. So, so anyway, I, I grew up with that, but I also grew up with a, a very strong like Pentecostal influence and there's not everybody grows up with that. So that was, was also unique. And, you know, then when I moved to Kansas city, um, you know, I felt like I didn't really like know scripture very well. I just, I just had all these seeds sown like as a kid and I started getting really like hungry for the, for, for truth really quick. I started feeling this sensation of like the fear of the Lord, which was like taking my salvation seriously. And then I also, um, you know, it was also a very, the, the charismatic part of my faith was, you know, that sort of conflict and evil is something that you really combat with, with scripture and, and the way you live your life. Like, like, because the Bible is, you know, not, it's not just, uh, principles but it's also like ethics right like what do we do how do we live you know what do we do with with money what do we do with what we say but um in, in, in i think i the, the foundation that was laid for me was that conflict and evil was sort of primarily like fought with um with prayer and with like the bible sort of as like a weapon, which is in the Bible <laughs> to some extent, right? Like you see war in the Bible, you see war in the Old Testament, you see God using Israel and fighting with Israel. And and in the New Testament, we have a passage like Ephesians 6 that, that is not literal. We're not, we're not putting the armor of God on with, well, I don't know. Will, do you do this when you wake up? Do you put on the belt of truth and the gird your loins and do you grab an action? No, I'm just kidding. But uh, do, you, do you take us? <laughs> no, I mean. I, I don't uh, know. How... Yeah. I think when I first became a Christian, there was, uh, I had a conscious effort of trying to do that in almost like a, like a, okay, I'm going to believe these things yeah. are on me. Yeah. So that I can 
act out my faith or whatever but now I understand they're more like you should you know the the belt of truth is just be honest you know yeah exactly more, you they know, all, that's more like right the they all mean right, something yeah. or the gospel of peace and, and 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 so I I think that look that's my experience and there's there's a large group of friends and people I could say wow your experience was similar to mine like we we came out of this Pentecostal charismatic tradition I saw you know my mom who I honor and I think I am very fond of my when I speak of my mom it's usually always very positive because you know we're we're very close and she's been a huge support in my mental health journey but she was also a huge influence and I, I saw my mom uh, read her Bible every morning I saw her just like sort of like like her Bible was just covered in like you know highlighted scriptures but I also saw my mom engage in what was called um you know intercession like she would just pray so intensely for things in her life and for people and so I think very early on I sort of understood which which what then you know years later I started to see more in the Bible which was like kind of like life is 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 a sort of like a battle and like the the good and evil are sort of going fighting against each other and as a christian i am like you know i'm like fighting this battle like i am need to use the bible as truth and and truth is sort of like my weapon like so when there's conflict when there's when there's pain when there's um depression anxiety maybe even people mistreating me like there's some kind of spiritual thing that's like behind all the conflict that that's happening in the world that's sort of what i grew up thinking so it's it, it was very do you flow with that will do you flow with that is that does that relate a little bit to like even if you're not charismatic do you think that that is how a lot of Christians like think of their faith or do you think that is more of a, a Pentecostal sort of like thing like my experience? I think that's a very Pentecostal lens or filter on right. what a lot of Christians think. Yeah, but, exactly. Me, yeah, meaning that... Not everybody thinks yeah, Ephesians 6 is like, let's do this every day. Let's, well, there was also like, yeah. you could look at, um, I think it was the late 1800s or so that the um, premillennialist movement came about so the catholic church had a teaching about jesus's millennial kingdom as being um either already occurring and i think they're post oh. or amillennial you've heard these terms yeah right? yeah well, so amillennial is like there is no millennial well it's not but. that there is no millennium it's just the idea that the kingdom was only supposed to be a thousand years is a misunderstanding. Right. And um, that we actually live in the kingdom now because Christ is, because Jesus, when he was, when he resurrected and sat at the right hand of God, he became the king over everything today. So what's, what, what is restraining his power is the, you know, ineffectiveness of the church, you could say, because we're supposed to be kind of overcoming. Um, postmillennialists definitely think that. Um, so I find that, like, in most premillennial church mindsets, that there's more 
power given to the darkness than in others, and I think most Pentecostal churches are premillennial. So they kind of like give more. Yeah. They they allow um, for demonic forces and stuff to have a greater voice in the world because they think that it's all going to go to hell before the tribulation. So that's kind of what, what how I see that. So like in, if you go so in other words, if you go into like a more uh, reformed circles or like Presbyterian or um, like from my own point of view, because I I think I'm still a millennial. Yeah, I mean, more or less. Like, oh, um, so you've read the All Millennial book that I own. Do you have one? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I read no. it. Uh, no, it's good, actually. Know. Yeah, I, so I just kind of think that, like... It's because you're a Calvinist, right? No, I'm not a Calvinist. I'm just kidding. I used to be. That's where I probably still keep that. But, um, no, I just kind of think it's, like, the the power of Christ in me is greater than he who is in the world, so there's nothing in the world yeah. that can come against me. Now, not to say that they're not there, but I find that they're very weak and impotent forces compared to the love of God. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. That's really good, though. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's how I'm saying it. But, you know, right. how I actually live it out, you know, I, sure. I definitely could be a little stronger in that idea. But that's where I, that's my yeah. ideal. That's my goal. Well, yeah, and I asked you that on purpose because your background's not the same as mine, but we share obviously share a lot of similarities and so so obviously part of the show is getting to know me more getting to know you more and when we're super famous we'll have like 150 questions to answer on one of these episodes right they'll be like oh jared what'd you mean by that oh will what'd you mean by that um we all know you guys have questions don't be afraid to ask um email jared directly at no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't even know your email. Facebook page, guys. Um, email me at the Facebook page. Yeah, com. I actually don't mind just giving out my email. But um, so I I think that for me, you know, when I'm thinking about um, the culture that I came out of in church was just that, you know, sort of like prayer is the way that we kind of solve problems essentially like the way that we get answers is by prayer that was sort of a huge part of the foundation that was laid for me and i think yeah that was expressed in these the charismatic sort of um okay we believe in praying in tongues we believe in like lifting our hands up at worship we believe in like if you want to go into the the hallway at church and or not the hallway but people dance and and obviously that's not everybody's like church background but I think when it came to solving problems and conflict it was it was that um, I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me and the the this the scripture is like leading me close to the answer but it might not lead me there completely but to get a specific answer and and maybe a very hard situation like um, maybe a conflict between you know my parents fighting all the time or an an issue at school or an addiction or something that is going to come through prayer and and even fasting and even like entering into this like the spiritual conflict that's already there 
that's sort of what I was raised. Yeah. So you're saying like the yeah. I think like the the idea being that addiction and depression and yeah personality disorders aren't aren't because of um, your organic brain chemistry. It's because there's a demon on your back or in your room or well, you know, like I mean, uh, not maybe I'm being a little. <laughs> Uh, add a uh, little tongue in cheek there, but like sure. it's it's because of an influence of yeah, that's the sort of where I'm going, and so um, that th- that is, I mean, we can jump right into that, and so I I just like laying the foundation for wanting to talk about faith and and mental health. I recognize that it's like silly. I said this in like the second episode. I was like, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Will thinks I'm a doctor all the time. He actually asks me doctor questions like every day. It's really annoying. So, just well, kidding. Well, I just I look forward to your exams. That's all. Yeah. Well, you need to be able to do like a hundred push-ups in like three and a half minutes, and that's the reason why I don't let the exam go any further. Because you drop and you, yeah, you, the physical fitness. Yeah, you drop exams. It, exactly. You, one of these episodes will tell you some more stories about his background. Yeah, no. And push-ups. Tell tell more stories about how you do twenty push-ups randomly. Yeah, and and I I think here's kind of what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. I think that if you weren't raised charismatic, but you were raised with the Bible as the guide, I think you still can come to a lot of the same conclusions, which is that there is an influence of evil in the world. There is a uh, I don't want to say the devil behind everything but the existence of the devil and demons I feel like that's in mo- most church traditions of whether you're a Catholic or whether you're uh, you know Baptist or whether you're a Methodist or whether I mean that's you know it, the, those kinds of things exist even outside of the Christian religion so it's not well, right. Like evil yeah. forces and demons and yeah, exactly. Things. It's not yeah. just in, in the Bible, but but I think yeah. I think where there's a uh, I think for me when then mental illness came into the equation for, for me at 21 years old, I I did have a very yeah my immediate reaction to to fast forward to like what you just said, which was whatever chemical imbalance my body is experiencing this. Uh, sensation of you know what happened to me which was my mind was racing and I couldn't sleep and one day led to three days and then three days led to seven days and then I flew to home to California and then I still couldn't figure it out my 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 mind was not really being very rational in the sense of like oh maybe this could be some scientific influence this has to primarily be some kind of like spiritual problem right this has to be some kind of like um if this is a demon then i have a demon and i need to figure out how to like get delivered from this thing or if i'm having some problem with like forgiving someone then i need to forgive them because there's sort of this language in the scripture that talks about if i don't forgive i can be tormented and kind of the list goes on. So it was like the last thing on my mind for a possibility was, oh, I might need medicine. You know, and so 
I told Will when I was getting ready for this show that I was like, this is like a huge, this is like a huge topic and I'm honestly not even completely sure. And this is where I'm just gonna have to go back and like listen to myself, like exactly where I like want to like go with this. But I just want to sort of start having this conversation of like, I think that these are all still, I think I'm still asking myself like a lot of the same questions, even though I've well, embraced a lot more of the medical like side of things. Well, wouldn't, didn't you also kind of want to talk about um, deliverance yeah. specifically? Oh yeah, yes. Um, I think I just answered my own question. I said, oh, I don't know where to go with this. And then I was like, so here's, here's a question for everybody to ask. What is deliverance? Like, I'm going to answer my own question. But the question is, like, what does deliverance mean? And, like, what do we sort of do with that? Because often we do go to, like, okay, if I'm having this conflict and there's some kind of demon involved or there's some kind of, like, evil force attacking me and the way it's manifesting itself is that I'm depressed or that I'm not sleeping. Like, don't I need to be delivered? Right? So what does that mean though? Like, what is deliverance? I don't know. Will, don't you need to be delivered? You you seem like you need to be delivered of a lot of stuff. Well, I think what we talked about let me redo that. Um, well, what we talked about before the show was, um, in my concept of like deliverance, you can get into this kind of like Christian jargon of uh, sanctification and justification. Yeah. So I I mentioned that you know you can have the justification through your faith, um, but the process of sanctification is um is different it's more deliberate and i think that which i don't think i really got into this part of it but i think that like god works in tandem with us to um bring about sanctification so uh an aspect of deliverance for me is that i'm becoming uh more aware of and able to choose um what you know to put it in like the most approachable terms is like what the more loving course of action is and so that could be you know threefold and like how how can I behave in a way that exemplifies my love for God and for other people and for myself um, to bring about my my own deliverance but you know it would be it would, I would fall short of, and I think this is kind of sometimes where um, the secular community in psychology, they don't have the the piece of, they don't always have the piece of God in the puzzle, and it's a lot through a lot of like willpower and self-improvement, which are good things to like focus on, but I think from a, a Christian perspective, it it's willpower and self-improvement through the empowering of God. Mm-hmm. You know, God empowers you to do that through yeah. his own uh, love and strength. So that's, so when I think of deliverance, I see myself making better choices to demonstrate what I've learned of um, love and forgiveness. 
and and I think we talked about finances and stuff too, but um, I forget how we related that. And so, yeah, um, no, and the point of justification and sanctification, I think, is really important, and I'm glad that you like brought that up because to me, the thing that I was also we were talking about earlier too was that. when I look at the life of Jesus and I'm thinking about demons being cast out of people, what I'm primarily looking at in the gospels is this very like, and, and it's not an accurate statement to say in all of the times that Jesus heals people, cause it's not, but there's, there's a, a lot of Jesus's instances with people. It's a very, um, whether it's a demon or it's a, a physical affliction, you just kind of see these very qu- almost quick and instantaneous like interactions where people get healed very quickly, right? Like the you know, and it's not always Jesus reaching out to, to to the people. It's like in a lot of cases people are coming to him. So the woman in uh, you know Mark five or who has the issue of the blood, she's like. <laughs> You know, it's such a good story of like persistence and and her hunger for like truth and, and what, there's so many things going on with her like trying to find Jesus and then she touches, you know, the hem of his garment and she's healed instantly. So well, there's it, it, it's a great story of her faith and it's also a great story of how powerful you know Jesus you know was and is. But I when I look at the gospels and I see Jesus going around and like healing people instantly. And I'm like, okay, is that what deliverance looks like? It seems pretty, pretty quick. Right. And then I look at, um, that same kind of sensation. And I see like in the book of acts, it's similar where now this is like post the cross post resurrection. And the, the emphasis in the book of acts is that they're all filled with the spirit. Like, and I see a lot of that happening with, with the disciples where, you know, Peter's just like, get up and walk. And they're almost doing kind of a very, very, you know, similar thing. Okay. So we'll fast forward to now. And it's like, when you go to church and you stand up and you ask for healing, like, is that always our experience in our faith that, that deliverance from any kind of affliction more than just depression or anxiety. But I think some forms of those are usually in most people's request are, do we get healed that, that, that quickly? And it's like, well, the answer to my own question is no, that doesn't always happen. So to your point, it is in this realm of like sanctification. I don't think deliverance, I think it's somewhat, I think it's somewhat deceiving to even say that for something to be deliverance, it's like, it's instantaneous. But for a long time, I just have carried that, that like, like image in my head that um, I want to say if I'm really touching like the power of, of God, like that will be my experience. But for me personally, that hasn't been my experience. Like I'm still taking medicine 12 years later, you know, I'm not quote unquote, like completely healed of like 
bipolar and depression if you look at it at, at it like that. So that's kind of what I was. I remember yeah. now we were talking and there's. I I remembered even though it's still pretty uh, miraculous when Jesus heals the blind guy, yeah. and I think even with like the leper, he right. did this too. It's something where it wasn't just like, "Hey, you're healed." Now go do whatever. He's like, here, take this. I'm going to rub this stuff in your face. Right. Uh, I'm going to spit in the, the dirt. dirt. I'm yeah. going to rub it in your eyes. You're going to go wash it off. And then you're going to open your eyes. And at that moment, when he followed those those promptings, he was healed, which is, you know, a pretty magnificent story. And it's not your experience if you go to Dr. Lasik. But... um you you have um what did you say dr lasik What's that's that? not a real doctor oh oh <laughs> but you know go get lasik surgery oh okay yeah, yeah yeah but um that would be cool if a doctor's name was really doctor but LASIK. in some way yeah. uh, um the when when we go to the lasik surgeon the healing that comes afterward is you know um through god sustaining us providing for us and so there is I don't think it's bad for us to consider that if I'm sick I can get healing through the things that God has created um, it just is like a, a surgeon with a scalpel can help somebody um, chemotherapy can help people it doesn't help everyone Say, can you say what you just said again that's like really good I have no idea what I said. You said, oh, man, that was really good. I wish you could play that back. You said something through God's healing. We don't always get it through. Um, oh, you're you know, in a good flow. Never God mind. heals us. Well, yeah, I mean, just because it's like something that's a created thing doesn't mean that God doesn't use it for our healing. That's yeah. my point. Um so, I, you know, it's the same with mental illness, and those things don't always happen overnight, but just because it happens 12 years later or maybe 20 years later, um, and I think with mental illness in particular, yeah, it's not as easy, because you can't just go in there and start dissecting the brain to make somebody better. Right. It's just, um, they they tried that. They were called lobotomies, and it didn't help anyone, <laughs> right? So yeah, like, it's true. Or electroshock therapy. That's true. Um Wow, so that it, was like a huge thing and mm. trying to figure out, you know, it's like as old as lithium. I mean, doing electroshock. I mean, it still actually does exist, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I've heard of the modern electroshock treatments. They still yeah. do them. So, but that's, you know, that's... Right. But, so, you know, I think the question that we have to ask ourselves is like, do we, do we live in a fallen world? Is mental illness um, part of that fallen world and but does that mean that there's there people are under the influence of demons or does it mean that like God can heal them through the power of you know a love a loving community medicinal things right to to bring about the healing that yeah because what it and because it gets back to like Okay, let's say that God delivers that person from mental illness. Well, still, what does that look like if they don't have a compass for 
living in a in a post mental health state, I guess you could say, in a in a better mental health state. Yeah. Uh, post mental illness, like, I think you have to learn how to live in that world while you come out of it. Because if you just kind of arrive there, I don't think the mind works that way. I don't think you just arrive there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I follow what you're saying, and I think. Yeah, just because it's a created thing doesn't mean God doesn't use it or whatever you said. Dang, I'm butchering what you said. Um, no, 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 I really like that. And yeah, and I think... Um, no, no, we're not. Um, it's okay. Uh, well, I'm, I'm taking over the editing of this show, but yeah, I'm. I, no, I think... I think everything you're saying is is the balance because I know when I came out of my, you know, third and final episode, I was like, you know, well, here here's the, well, here's the specific example. It was like, look, I had a suicide attempt. I tried to overdose myself. I was in a coma for three days. I didn't go, you know. I wasn't in purgatory. I don't remember. I wasn't in like some in-between state that I remember, right? I just woke up. And it had been three days. I don't have some cool Dante's Inferno story where the angel Virgil grabbed me. Come on, man. Yeah, I saw Virgil. We had a chat. (laughs) And I was like, hey, uh, can you take me to the seven layers or something like that? Can you take me to that part in the story where all the guys are like, you know, pooping themselves out over each other <laughs> just kidding that is actually part of the story but um the the angel virgil goes you haven't even read the book he's like i've been watching you you don't re- you haven't read this yet i'm like i know shout out to my friend nick and at fuller who has read that book and we talk about it all the time um but you know when i woke up from like the coma i wasn't just like immediately like oh wow i just survived a miracle i i believed it was a miracle but i was like still like depressed and i was still like in a state of like wow i'm kind of grateful that i'm alive but i i didn't just like snap out of it just because i had experienced a miracle and and i think to me sometimes i forget about that i'm like wow it took me a whole literally like seven days of sitting in that same hospital bed then I got moved to the hospital uh, the place that I ended up being at for two months and and I ended up getting like some of the best help I've ever gotten at that place with this this one specific doctor there and you know he comes in and he's like oh wow I can't believe the doctors put you on that he's like let me try something with you and then that took another like three weeks because that's what happens when you like try a medicine it doesn't like kick in right away right I mean it took another like three or four weeks for me to then start coming out of this this really 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 like dark you know hard place so if I was to say well what does deliverance look like with with mental health like with with what you're saying I'm like okay well the way that I got better was not just the fact that people like prayed for me to get out of a coma well that was one part of it Exactly, but it was also medicine. It was also like the doctor, and and the the truth is, God was working through like all all of those people. So I think in scripture, when we see God works all things together for good, and we also see you know uh, Paul saying, uh, 
what passage is it? Acts 7. Like in, in him, to him, and through him are all things. It's like really important for us to remember that with healing because um, sometimes I think if, if everything is, is some maybe a very sharp dichotomy between like spiritual and non-spiritual, there's not a lot of room then for God to um, like, hey, God wants to use people. Hey, God wants to use some pain that you have. Hey, God wants to use some science. And hey, maybe there is some at, like prayers that you can pray that will... Um, you know, maybe alleviate. It's it's, it's kind of like the answer on the test. Have you ever taken the test in school? That's like, uh, you know, who's? It's like op, there's A, B, C, D, and then and then there's that one on the bottom that says all of the above. Mm. And you just go, oh, all of the above, and you you circle. Mm. <laughs> like sometimes yeah. you're right, and they're like, who's the first president of the United this, the United States? And you're oh, like, all of the above. It's like it's like uh, the <laughs> opening scene to Tommy Boy, and he's like who's the first president? And he's like, Herbie Hancock. And you're like, that's not a president. But it's true. It's like sometimes the answer, all of the above, actually is the right answer. It's like it's not. And so I think the reason why I'm I'm bringing this stuff up into the conversation is because I still don't think that deliverance should be sort of this isolated, like, you know, it's either all deliverance or it's or or it's all what I feel like is more of a balanced conversation is the conversation that we're having right now, which is, um, you know, like nine, nine times out of the 10, you're probably going to need the all of the above answer on the test, which is that you're going to need physical exercise, right? You're going to need like treating your body better. You're going to, you know, uh, resolving conflict in relationships like like structure in your life probably some help with medicine probably therapy and a, and and a continuation of the influence of your faith like you're going to probably going to need all of that to 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 get some answers but i feel like um i feel like this is the start it's probably part 1 of kind of talking about sort of more of the spiritual influences and um, what I encourage everybody to do is to work it from every side this week. All of the above. Your faith, your worship, your your physical body, doctors, uh, talking to friends, dealing with conflict, and try to be grateful in the process. Yeah, well, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, please subscribe. We're on iTunes now. Um, please follow me on Facebook, the Louder Now Facebook page. Um, I want to mention that the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. If you are having uh, any overwhelming feelings of suicide or depression, you just need anybody to talk to, that's a 24-hour um, hotline that you can get a hold of or go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org but thank you for listening to the louder now podcast